Bill is a failed skydiver and a bear sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP Town Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS, he's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP. Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP, Town Hall. So hello everybody, welcome to episode 33 of uh, PHP Town Hall. Uh, we're currently recording on uh, November 19th, uh, so you'll probably get this by December. Ha! Uh, welcome, uh, so this episode we've got um, Jose and... Uh, Jose Gonzalez and Brian Crow. Um, for some reason, I can't remember your name, Jose, even though I see you far, far too often in real life. So, uh, I my bed once. Uh, yeah, yeah, that almost happened. <laughs> and then I decided that going back to your apartment would be the worst mistake of my life. Um, <laughs> Very Hall- Halloween, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seemed like you guys had a hell of a week the other week. Just uh, seeing what happened on Twitter and stuff. Oh, my God. Well, basically, I was kicked out of my apartment because I was busy being deported. I might be exaggerating with both of those things, but I had to move out. And I just turned up at Jose's uh, apartment with a backpack the size of me and uh, put on the only outfit I had, which was a suit, and then pretended that I was Archer. So I just walked around making sexual innuendos and drinking martinis all night. (laughs) TLDR. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Um, but yeah, what have you guys been up to? Uh, been up to recently? Go ahead, Beekman. Oh, what have I been up to recently? Um, I don't know. Uh, so recently, I uh, decided to take the uh, manga package under my wing, which is under the PHP League. Uh, it's kind of been abandoned for well, not abandoned, but um, not taken care of so well over the last uh, year or so. And that's pretty much what I've been doing recently, or is what's new. Uh, is that it? I mean, I was going to get to that on the topic list, but that's that's just been your entire life for the last uh, the last week or two. That is it. That is it. It's really sad. I'm glad that you bring the dedication. That level of dedication was very much required. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really bad at introducing people um, in real life and on podcasts. I forgot to mention that you're both involved with the uh, with the Cake PHP project. You're both on the core team, right? Uh, so Brian, how did you get involved with that? Uh, so basically, um, I started using Cake uh, about three years ago, no, four years ago for uh, a job I started um, world around then. And um, yeah, ever since then, I kind of got more and more fascinated with it. And um, I started out with basic things as I was going over the documentation and whatnot, things that uh, weren't uh, necessarily clear or even things as simple as typos, I would go ahead and, um, you know, fix those or uh, reword things that made a little bit more sense because um, obviously whenever an open source project operates uh, at an international level, you have a lot of people writing, um, you know, English from various degrees of um, uh, knowledge of English, right. I guess. If, yeah, writing. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, that's basically how I got started, uh, just like uh, clarifying things and slowly I just, I don't know, just kind of uh, 
the snowball effect, I got more and more involved. Uh, went to my first uh, Cake Fest conference uh, back in actually to that long. And uh, I just felt like uh, I got a really warm welcome from the community. And, um, you know, I really appreciated that. And um, ever since, I've been helping out where I can. So, yeah. Uh, so, how long have you been involved? So I got right access to the uh, documentation repository back in January. So uh, ah, you're a newbie. You're a newbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Total newbie. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got uh, got right access to the documentation repository. Yeah, back in January. I think it was like January second. Woke up with a massive hangover from uh, New Year's Eve, and I was like, "Oh, what the hell is this?" Uh, so that was that was interesting. They, they've roped me in. What the hell did I agree to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, basically two months later, um, uh, I got in. You know, I was invited into you know our little IRC channel or whatever. And then uh, actually Jose here was like, "What the hell is uh, Brian doing here?" You know, there was no official vote for him being around here, so um, that kind of facilitated that. So <laughs> nice. Uh, and Jose, what are you? How are you involved? You've been around for a damn long time, right? Yeah, so been like probably six or seven years since I started using Cake originally. Uh, and the only reason I used it was because uh, I was looking around for frameworks that would help me be a good developer. So at the time, I barely knew any PHP, but I knew I needed to know a framework. So I looked at Symphony, and the tutorial was way too long. It said it took 28 days, and I didn't have time for that. Um, hey, no one got time for that. The, the Rails tutorial is 25 minutes, so that must make it better, right? Well, Rails, that's the funny thing. I had a Mac, and Rails didn't work on my Mac. So then I was like, <laughs> well, Ruby's out. That's literally what happened. Uh, Cake was the only one that actually worked on my Mac, and so I was like, all right, this is cool. This is awesome. It works. Um, and uh, after, like, two or three years, I got heavily involved in just general open source stuff, open source a lot of things, started contributing back to, a little bit to documentation. They, uh, three years ago, gave me right access to the uh, core framework, and up until maybe two months ago, my five commits were one commit removing a feature, and then five commits uh, trying to fix tests. <laughs> well played. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's how I've been involved. Uh, I do a lot of community support stuff. So at least you guys had tests, so that's a, that's a good start. Well, yeah, they yelled at me. Why did you commit this to the core? This isn't master right now. That's not even where you commit things. <laughs> you got schooled. So you, you guys didn't have a contributing dot markdown or something. You just felt, I don't know, just throw it over there. That'll probably work. Well, they made a mistake and gave me commit access, so that's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, I still don't know why nobody's created some sort of service where you have to prove that you're sober before your commits get merged in. I don't know why that's... Ooh. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, like Travis CI, but math problems. Um, That's being able to open your computer and turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe uh, GitHub needs to uh, uh, have a thing for uh, breathalyzer that uh, we have to plug into your computer. Yeah. Uh, so it none of us as well. None of us. None of us are condo uh, condoning drinking. Uh, please drink responsibly or not at all. Um, but uh, yeah, sometimes people aren't necessarily in the best way to commit code. Uh, moving on, before we get shouted at for endorsing uh, endorsing drinking. Uh, <laughs> so I saw on Twitter that Cake 3 is nearly out, so that's something we're going to talk about today, I guess. Um, pretend that I'm someone that doesn't know anything about Cake, because I don't, even though I was invited to speak at your conference. Um, 
I don't I don't know all that much about cake, um, but what's happening in three? Uh, does anyone? Oh, that's a really big question. But what are the things that you're like most excited about? Anyone? All right, Brian. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, in regards of um, it almost being out, uh, so we're at um, beta three right now. Um, the initial plan was to have two beta releases and then uh, two release candidates before you know uh, we release it as stable. Uh, but currently, we're at uh, beta three, um, and the reason for that is is there's a little bit of discussion about. Um, uh, validation and I'm not exactly sure about the specifics. Um, it has something to do about when validation occurs, um, but that will introduce some uh, API breaks. Um, so we did decide to go ahead into beta three, uh, which just was um, released a couple of days ago. But uh, if everything goes well after beta three, we have uh, a release candidate one, maybe a release candidate two, and then we're looking at uh, a stable version. So that's kind of uh, where we stand with the uh, 3.0 release. Um, so we're looking at about a couple months now, but uh, we're kind of at the point where uh, this is, I guess, theoretically or hypothetically, the last uh, release where, where we're going to be introducing API uh, breaking changes. So um, we're kind of at the point where it's uh, maybe safe to maybe start a new idea or side project with the framework and not really have to worry about keeping up with uh, too many things, uh, keeping up with any, uh, any API uh, changes or maybe like the app skeleton changing for whatever reason. So that's uh, kind of where we stand in regards of uh, the release at least. Uh, do you guys follow Semver for your versions? So if people start working with three anything once it gets to you know RC one, then theoretically it'll be solid. Yep, uh, we've been following Semver since the one point three days. I think like every once in a while we'd accidentally break something in like one point three. Um, the two X line has been pretty stable and just adding features. Whenever we break something, there's usually like a another patch that says, "Oh, we fixed this." Um, uh, new features come out in the uh, minor releases for us. So we've like added an event system in the 2.1 series. Um, we revamped certain things in like 2.2 um, for for specific event stuff. Um, added a couple like view-based features in uh, 2.2, so you can use more like Jinja syntax if you're ever familiar with the Python templating language. But generally speaking, we followed Sender. So I I figure at at this point at least, if assuming that we don't change anything other than the validation, three uh, dot ORC1 will be pretty much what 3.x will look like. Um, and then from there, we're just going to add new features. So how much uh, how much change is there like to be between version 2 and 3? Are you going to be stuck with a kind of Angular, Python, you know, major change, everyone's scared of upgrading situation? Or do you think the community will be kind of on board and quick to upgrade, uh, Brian? Yeah, so... Um... We do have a upgrade shell, um, which will handle um, a decent amount of the work. Um, I personally haven't tried upgrading any of my uh, 2.0 applications to 3 yet, but uh, from what I hear, um, like uh, Mark Story uh, recently used it on uh, the debug kit plugin, which is uh, kind of our toolbar for getting metrics about uh, the response times around your application, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, he said that uh, you know it pretty much takes you eighty percent of the way there, and what would have been a couple of days of work, he was able to knock out in two or three hours. Um, one of the uh, core members, Mark Scherer, or also known as uh, Do Your Mark, has uh, really been 
he's always been really dedicated to um, the upgrade uh, stuff. So um, in terms of upgrading, uh, the shell, from what I understand, will take you a lot of the way there. And if you're kind of familiar with Cake's conventions um, and you've used at least, you know, a Cake before, uh, the last 20% should be trivial. So it's not a, it's not a fuck you start again situation. It's uh, like you have to do a bit of work, but it's yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, one of the, the one of the things is that uh, models previously were like this kind of all encapsulating idea around um, both you know a, a database table and any individual row within it. Um, but nowadays, uh, the new within new ROM, we have uh, we have tables as one idea and um, entities as another idea. So those have kind of been split. So um, if you have any kind of um, I don't know. Oh, uh, let's say like a virtual field, which is basically a modified SQL concat. concat uh, um, you know, things like that won't necessarily translate right out of the box, but um, uh, things like setting up associations and whatnot uh, um, will be a little bit easier in that regard. That's cool. Um, so is there is there like one major major feature in cake PHP that you think would excite the hell out of people um, anyone uh, one thing I do like that I've sort of been prototyping before was uh, the ability to use cake PHP as a micro framework um, I always laugh at every single framework that's like oh yeah we can do micro frameworks too it's awesome just like replace all these like 10 different classes or strip out everything in our routing layer or whatever um, and so I prototyped that in the 2.x series, and it should be fairly trivial to do that. The same thing in 3.x, where you just pass on a callable. Um, not that anyone should ever write their application like that, and not that anyone should ever tell anyone to write their application like that, but it's uh, at least an easier way for us to uh, kill benchmarks, where take PHP just like taking 3x as long as Slim, for instance. <laughs> So when you say it can be a, a microservice or a micro framework, sorry, um, you're saying that you can just have uh, callbacks in the routing layer instead of sending them off to a, 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 a controller class, or what do you mean? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so for instance, mo most larger frameworks have a controller layer, a model layer, a view layer, um, and once you render your response, that goes through the view, whatever. But sometimes all you need to do is respond with JSON, and you can just use JSON and code. Um, and you don't necessarily need to instantiate an entire controller stack or whatever. So yeah. rather than doing all of that stuff, just doing it in the routes for um, stuff like health checks, for instance, uh, is pretty useful. Sweet. Um, yeah, can you do other things like uh, rip out? So I'll start again. Something I was uh, doing with Rails. I'm currently working with Rails a lot, which, don't judge me, um, wasn't my choice. We're, we're working with... We're working with one of the core contributors for Rails, so that choice was made kind of before I got there, but whatever, working with Rails. And we're building an API, and one of the things that I actually found pretty cool about Rails that I didn't realize you could do is that you can just rip out all these middleware, uh, middlewares. So uh, things like sessions and cookies and you know view systems and everything, you just, you just uh, comment out one line of code for each one of those uh, middlewares, and then there's just nothing, no session or cookie management stuff runs at all. Um, can you disable things like that in Cake to make it you know, quicker to run if you don't need those features? So I, I know you can uh, disable all of the middleware that we have, um, even in the current version. Uh, one of the things that you couldn't previously really hack around was the fact that you need to return a response um, object uh, from like some other middle, middleware or whatever. But uh, you should be able to do that with the new routing system. 
Um, and all the other stuff is just sort of uh, either attached to the controller or attached to the model. So if you don't use it, it shouldn't be essential. Uh, so if you're simply like echoing out your response and then exiting in your controller, it will never actually get to your view layer. That's not something that uh, a developer needs to worry about. Sweet. Uh, so I reckon we should move on to a new section called uh, Let's Judge RFCs. Um, that's, that was uh, just come up with it there, so it's not a great name for the section. I will improve it, but um, uh, we should call them, like, I don't know, keep it or bin it or something. Uh, remove PHP for constructors. Um, this, I'm going to assume, is a bin it from everybody. Um, if you have a class called filter and a function called filter, filter, then in PHP 4 style, that would be a constructor. And it currently still kind of works. So ripping that out, I'm assuming everyone would agree, would be a good thing? Pretty good idea, I think. Uh, we haven't supported PHP 4 constructors in a while in the framework. Um, and when I started using PHP, I was honestly confused as to why PHP had two different uh, constructors. And I didn't know which one to use in which situation. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just use underscore underscore construct. It seems to work. Yeah, I was using PHP uh, 4 when I started. I think I started on like 4.3.2 or something. And uh, yeah, I uh, I remember the the old way of doing it. And then I ran into that problem a couple of times when I just happened to end up calling the method the same name as the class. And uh, I didn't really want it to be the constructor. I just kind of forgot that that would happen. Um, you can probably argue that that was incredibly bad design decisions to have a class with a filter, uh, have a class with a method as the same name. But I was 15, so shut up. Um, <laughs> I am I am pretty glad they're gone. Oh, they're kind of gone, but they still also kind of work. So, yeah, getting rid of those would be would be a big win, I think. I didn't know they were actually a thing still. Like, why would anyone? I thought they ripped them out in PHP. I, I think it throws an e strict right now. I haven't uh, I haven't read this particularly closely, but they there's currently an RFC to remove them, so I have to assume. Uh, hang on. PHP no, it doesn't raise anything right now. PHP 5 preserved the ability to use PHP 4-style constructors in some cases. The strangeness of when the constructor is and isn't used increases the mental model for programmers. Uh, hang about. Oh, okay. So if it's a class in the global namespace, in the global space, then um, it will use old style. If it's in a namespace, then it won't. Uh, that's, a, that's a fun one. If you have a constructor, if you have underscore underscore construct, um, then it obviously won't use the other one as a constructor. Um, oh, but if you define, a, if you have a PHP 4 style uh, constructor and then you have a PHP 5 style constructor defined afterwards, so like lower down in the class, then it will raise an E stripped. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a lot of different things. Um, so the RFC proposes, uh, there's two changes. So PHP 5.7 should show an E deprecated whenever they notice a PHP 4 style constructor. Um, and then PHP 7 should just remove them. Um, so just it, if it sees a, a function, if it sees a method name that matches the class name, it should just completely ignore that, and it's just a regular function. Uh, that sounds like a no-brainer to me. Just, like, get rid of that extra semantic meaning, mark it as deprecated, and then remove it in a later version. Can we bet on how many no's this RFC is going to get? Because that would be a fool. <laughs> I bet, I like, like the, the voters say no. But it brings backwards compatibility. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that that's gonna go in because I want it to go in. But uh, I have no idea. I have no idea if it'll actually make it past or not. Um, maybe that's maybe this section should become like a, a betting situation where we, we bet whether they're gonna go in or not, and then uh, by the time the next the next uh, the next pod, uh, podcast comes around, we can. 
tally up the scores and see who won. <laughs> that would all be <laughs> that would all be great things for me to think about while I'm not on air, um, so that we can actually make this look like it's vaguely been researched ever. Anyway, next RFC. I believe this one's been withdrawn, so this one doesn't really get you don't get to bet on this. Did you see the one about read only properties? I have not. Uh, the pro- proposal pretty much was uh, you can add a read-only property, so public, read-only, whatever. Um, it allows the... Pop- pro- cannot talk today. It's currently half midnight, so I'm a little bit knackered. Mm. Uh, it allows the property to be read from the normal scope of its vis- visibility. So a public read-only property is readable from the public scope. Yeah, so you can just read it and you can't change it, which... To me, it kind of seems like you should just define a getter and not define a setter. Like, I don't know if we need this. What do you not think? You got the RFC here? Yeah, let's see. Which one's oh. this? <laughs> so the uh, the author, um, Andreas Folds, uh, Andrea Folds, is in IRC right now. Uh, this is the read-only properties, and I put a link in the uh, in the IRC. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we. Uh, I thought I put a link out to most of these. I mean, so I suppose my answer of like, well, you just define a get um, uh, a, a get method and not define a set method. That kind of assumes that everyone's using accesses and setters for all of their properties, right? Like we have these public properties, but everyone frowns on them. Like you should never use a public property for anything, you know? Um, well, so I think adults use public. Everyone read, everyone write. Not a big deal. Uh, I think protected is about as uh, private as you should get in your code. And if you want something that should be read-only, use a private property, call it a day, um, and have your developers extend your classes. Uh, But otherwise, it it sort of just makes extending a class or adding functionality weird. Yeah, for sure. Private makes life a little difficult, um, unless you don't want someone to override it. That's that's a separate topic. But I've also um, never seen read-only properties in any language. Maybe I'm just like not familiar with any language other than PHP. Yeah. Is there any other like reasonable language that has read-only properties? Not that I know of. Um, so yeah, Andrea in the in the IRC is saying getters and setters are a pain to write, basically. But I don't want something as complex as that old rejected properties proposal. Oh yeah, so so the whole getters and setters proposal kind of came and went, and it was really really complex. And so. Uh, yeah, you could like define properties and then define getters and setters on those properties. So not 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 just making an actual method called get foo. It would be like a proper syntactical thing where you define a, a get or set on that property. Um, it was it was pretty complex and it was kind of voted out. So I think uh, I think Andrea was just trying to find a, an alternative to that. But it seems like uh, it seems like the read only approach didn't go ahead. I mean. Another thing is that if you're making a public read only property, then maybe you could just make it constant. Um, I suppose that's what I was thinking as well. <laughs> that that would assume that you know what the value is going to be when the class is initiated. So I guess if you want to have a property and then define it and then put that value into the read only, that's also a bit weird. So I guess it's it ignores read only within the class, but then outside they can read it. Seems a bit odd. Ah uh, well, maybe we just don't know what we're talking about. That seems incredibly likely. Uh, <laughs> So on to the next one. Uh, we were talking about this one already, so it won't be quite such a, a, a wait while we all frantically read it. Uh, the default constructors. Brian, have you seen this one? I know Jose has. Uh, I just opened that right before we started, but I uh, didn't get a good chance to read over it. Why don't, we, uh, why, don't you, why don't we break this down, huh? I like this section. It should be called, like, watch as three developers desperately try to read an RFC and form an opinion based on not very That's much information. <laughs> I mean, it's, 
it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, a bit of a mouthful for the. For the never n- guess what happened next. <laughs> <laughs> never guess what happened next. They talked out of their ass. Programmers um, hate this. <laughs> so let's let's all just open up the Rust documentation and talk about Rust for half an hour. Uh, <laughs> oh, crap! Not again. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> Uh, so the I've, I've seen this sort of thing come up a lot of times. So default constructors is all about, you know, when you have a constructor and then you have you you list out your constructor dependencies and then you assign those to properties with the same name. So you have to go through and the example here is you know, uh, cow is a class. It has protected owner and and so you have to make a a constructor that accepts owner and pass the owner variable into the owner property and then that's done. Um, I've seen a lot of people try to try to simp- simplify the constructor thing um, because they get bored of having to write properties and then and then define those same, you know, passing them through. Um, I'm a little bit scared of, of trying to bypass that because it kind of assumes that constructors always work in the same way and that, that like, the way that you happen to be using them, which is a very common way of, you know, here are all the dependencies, I'm going to shove those into properties now. It kind of assumes that that's always the way that everyone does everything. And it's, it's a little bit auto-magical I think to try and automatically create a default constructor that will just assign accept values and shove them into into properties, you know. So I read it and I was like, all right, fine. This seems like a good idea. Um, having the developer just say, oh, when I upgrade a package, the constructor, if I had called them before, will always just work. Um, I don't know if you can call like a parent like another method, which would be the logical extension of this. Um, but assuming that that's not a problem, uh, when I upgrade a package and I just want it to work automatically, if my tests already don't catch the fail from the constructor not being called, then this is not going to help at all. Like, it's, if anything, it's just going to uh, have the developer think, oh, my tests are going to pass, or I don't need tests for this, it's just going to work, and they'll upgrade a package. The constructor will be magically called because now it exists, and their code will break in production. So I don't, I don't necessarily see this as a great idea. Oh, of that. Yeah, yeah. I think I actually misread what this RFC was about, which proves that this section is no good. Um, it does remind me a lot of another. <laughs> it does remind me a lot of another RFC that I think the same author um, put in a while ago. So ignore everything that I just said about it. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. When when you try to call parent construct and there isn't one, then it falls on its ass. So you're gonna have to go in and put an empty one. Um, so so what's the downside to that, Jose? So like if there, the example here is that if you if you have like a cow class and it has a constructor that does some stuff and it extends animal class, animal class does not have a constructor, um, and your code works fine. That's some, and you call parent construct, right? Just automatically. Let's assume that that works. Um, and then you upgrade the animal class to now have a constructor, right? Any code that you wrote for the cow class will definitely not know anything about the new constructor in the animal class. Mm. And so if this is a package that you're upgrading from and it's like a minor release or a patch release, I can definitely see this being a problem where like a major package uh, adds a constructor somewhere and every single like subclass of that in like other packages just breaks because they're just like, oh, okay, I can upgrade a minor release or a patch release. Not a big deal. They won't break that. And this can, this can be one of those like BC changes that people would introduce, not assuming that it'll break something and then break a lot of things. Um, and so I don't see that it's actually fixing anything because anything that would fix would be caught by automated testing of your code. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, this, this seems just like, uh, it seems lazy. 
you know, I want to be able to call parent construct, and whether that method exists or not, I want it to not error. Maybe you sh just shouldn't call it if it's not there, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's for when you upgrade a package or you, you factor a parent class, and then you wanted to, before you called it, and you didn't have to worry about whether it existed, and now you call it, and now it exists. So now your, your class is going to change its functionality. And you probably won't notice. I don't know. I think it's a bad idea. Well, uh, it's still in draft. So <laughs> what's really funny is whenever I see a promising RFC, I'm always like, "Come on, guys! This is this is the time when you vote for the, the awesome thing. This is for once. Just let's have this awesome feature." And then whenever I see an RFC that I'm not particularly excited in, I always think to myself, "Wow, well, those fuckers always block everything anyway, so it's fine." Uh, <laughs> it's a little bit, it's a little bit selective hope there. We'll see how it goes. I also didn't know that, like, if you called a method. In, a, in the constructor of a class, and that class doesn't have a constructor, that method wouldn't be called. So they have an example here where if you have function bar and you pass it into uh, class foo, class foo doesn't have a constructor, bar doesn't get called. I wouldn't have thought that at all. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. I really hope someone's not depending on that as like a feature in the language, because that just seems horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't, I don't want that. Uh, so it turns out I've been really out of the loop, I think, because I've been looking through, um, I've been looking through this RFC page today, and PHP 5.7 is now being listed as a thing. So I, I turned off my internals mailing list like emails a while ago because I just couldn't even with those people. Um, I just got really fed up of trying to trying to read that stuff. But um, they were still talk when I was last paying attention. There was still some discussion about whether PHP 5.6 um, was going to be the last in the five branch, or whether 5.7 was going to be a thing. Um, but it looks like they've started to, you know, start lining up uh, functionality for the PHP 5.7 branch. So it looks like that's actually going to happen. Um, Andrea in IRC, if you could uh, let us know what the answer to that is, uh, that would be great. But um, 5.6 has got some pretty cool functionality in there right now, and. Sorry, seven has a whole bunch of awesome stuff. Have you seen the the null coalesce operator? Anyone got any opinions on that? Which was that question mark colon or something? Or uh, no, it's, yeah. it's basically um, most. It, usually, it's just or in other languages. So in Ruby, it's you know foo equals uh, bar or zero. It's like a default value. Um, we did, we kind of have had it in PHP. But um, uh, the the short ternary is a bit shit. So if you do um, if you do like get, or the example they have here is username equals get user question mark question mark nobody. So if you try using a short ternary, then it will just try to like grab the value, and then if that if it's like an index in an array, then it will just go ah error this thing doesn't exist. Whereas the um, the coalesce operator will actually do more like a more like an is set. If that makes any sense? Doesn't make any sense. I've never used anything like that in any other language. It just seems like like it just looks bad to read. Yeah, I mean, I know. Uh, like I said, every other language uses or. So in Ruby, you just do, you know, I. Uh, I don't like that either. That just looks stupid. What? Because you're like reading it, and you're like, okay, fine. Variable equals this or this. It's like, well, yeah. what do you mean or? It's either that or you have some <laughs> other. Like, what do you mean or? Right. <laughs> what, what would you like to drink? I'll have wine or beer. Like yeah, all right. So, <laughs> in this one, like what what is with being missing in the uh, array mean, right? They have an example with equals image data with um, coalesce one hundred, right? That like an is set or an array key exists. Yeah, well, it it does say is set. So if it's if it's null, then it will. So it, uh, not not any falsy value will work basically. So it's not going to freak out on a on a zero or freak out on a false. It's only going to be 
like missing or no? It's gonna it's gonna blame basically. I'm gonna forget that. <laughs> My code is gonna be very bad on this. Oh, let me just put a null in here. It'll work. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not ideal. So, uh, so not not a fan of the of the coalesce. Let's just drop PHP and start using Python. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I've been using I've been using Go recently, and it's like incredibly like it's incredibly limited in, in its syntax, and therefore quite forceful in what you have to do. So if you want, you can't even do ternary. There's no short ternary. There's no ternary at all. It's um, I'm going to grab this value from like a get get parameter. And then it, you know if this equals empty string, then I guess set the value. And you have to write out the full if thing. And if you have like if this try this, if it's still not a value, you just keep on chaining up your if statements, and you have like ten lines of code for that shit. Um, so I guess not every language needs it because you know Go works perfectly fine without these things. But um, I mean I quite like the fact that PHP is getting some syntactic sugar. We've been pretty low on on sugar for a while. And now we're getting some nice things. I kind of like it. I, I'd, I'd be happier if we had, like, monkey patching of the language. Let's do that. No. Yeah. No. Then we can define our own operators. It'll be great. We can define this in the user land code. You can't trust these people. They'll, they'll do anything. They'll do madness. No, the, the Rails people seem to do just fine. Don't you remember active support? That thing was great. <laughs> I, I it's just monkey patch string. I remember seeing lots of articles from various communities about monkey patching where swearing is 95% of the article. I don't, it doesn't seem to be a good idea. Have you seen this object key uh, RFC? No. What's, what's this? Uh, so you can, basically the RFC is that you can use objects as hash keys or like diction or array keys. So if you have an associative array, and let's say you have an object, like a, a record in your database, and you want to use that as the key value, and then like something else as the value, then you can do that as long as the object has a hash method. Oh, I think I saw about that. Yeah, so you can pass pass in an object instead of just a string or an, or a number. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. How, anyone got a use case for when you'd ever need that or want that? Um, so I definitely used this recently in Python uh, because you can define an underscore underscore hash method. Uh, for an object, and as long as it's hashable, which that's what it means, then you can use it as a um, value in the in the dictionary. Um, it was useful for getting a string representation of an object in which there were multiple um, entities in there, and I needed them to be a set. Um, and it was otherwise impossible to get a set of objects because they weren't hashable. I don't know. So I don't you know can what you can look at it by saying like um, I have I have a I have a, an organization right in my database. And I'm adding a bunch of users to the organization. You don't want like the same user added three times to that organization. It's just one time, right? Yep. So that means you want to be able to hash that user in some way, right? Mm -hmm. In a database, it's pretty easy. It's an ID. But if you have a record in like a, if you have an object in any programming language, then you can't just hash it because it doesn't it doesn't have a hash value at least in PHP. So you can't put it in like a set, right. um, which we don't have in PHP really, but. Um, it's pretty useful when you do have that feature. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I did that in Go yesterday, actually. I was importing a vehicle list, and I wanted to make a make a hash of the CSV string just to make sure I didn't have multiple of the exact same thing in Elasticsearch. So I guess you just build up an array and keep on shoving them in there. Instead of instead of looking for an ID number, which you might not have, then you can just shove the entire object in, and it will just do that, right? Yeah. Sweet. That makes perfect sense. Uh, I need you guys to explain things like I'm five today, it seems. I'm not totally sure. I think I might still be jet-lagged. 
that's my excuse, and I'm going with it. When are you flying? Uh, I've been back in the UK since Thursday, so ne uh, nearly a week. But I spend. Yeah, like you're drunk. Well, I have also been drinking for most of the day. That's not the point. <laughs> uh, no, I, I basically spent like a week being up at 5 a.m. I went to PHP Argentina, which is fucking awesome. Um, but I went to do some consulting in uh, in Uruguay and had to get up at 5 a.m. for a ferry after spending the entire day drinking on a farm. So that was hard. And every single day since then, I've been awake at 5 a.m. to go to the visa office, go and do this, go and do that. I'm just dying on my feet, man. The visa drama continues. Oh, my God. The visa drama is nearly done. Uh, I'm sat here waiting for my passport to come back to me, and as soon as i got my passport, I'm back in America. And until they fire me, uh, I'm, I've got a visa for, for a really long time. <laughs> Do they give you a box like they did last time with all the visa paperwork? Yeah, dude, the, the box was, was about that big. You, you saw me carrying it. That was the box I, I had to bring. They didn't look at any of that. I'm carrying around like a, a million slaughtered trees in this box. It's insane. I carry it around on my – it takes up – my traveler's backpack is like this big. It's fucking huge. And my, my box of visa papers takes up most of my bag to the point where I have to go to Argentina and London, which are two slightly different weather systems, um, and I haven't got any space for any clothes because I've just got this fucking massive visa. Carrying it around through London, through the rain, getting you know, hiding it under my shirt so it doesn't get ripped apart, holding it for two hours in the queue. They don't look at a single pissing page of that paper. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. I've carried it to three different continents, and they didn't even vaguely look at it for a single second. Um, but anyway, I've, I've pretty much got my visa now, which is... Yay! Wait, is this an American visa? Yes. They're letting you back in? Yeah. Yeah, your your appeal did not work. Damn it. <laughs> Should have let the mayor drop, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, the mayor says that as long as you're working in the in this in New York City, then you can pretty much stay whether you're legal or not. Trouble is I'm not working because I don't have a visa. So until I get my visa, I can't work for anyone. So I can't be an illegal alien until after I have a valid visa. It <laughs> doesn't really work. Um, on to the next thing because I'm about to fall asleep on my keyboard uh, Brian <laughs> you have recently taken over uh, Monga so you're now part of the, the PHP League welcome welcome to the league thank you Yeah, uh, we haven't got any initiation rights I think normally we just get you good and drunk but um, I'm, yeah. I'm not nearby and we did that before that time that we ne all nearly got police tickets so yeah I remember that one oh, wait, you actually did get it was uh, well, back in March yeah, yep. Uh, you did too. Did you? Or didn't you? I did. I got away with it though. They let me off. They they felt sorry for me because I was the. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. That's that's some bullshit. <laughs> it's only twenty dollars. Not too bad though. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, moving on because we don't get anyway. drinking or getting arrested for drinking outside. Um, <laughs> what's going on with uh, what's going on with Monga? Oh yeah, so I'm. Uh, like I said. It hasn't been getting the attention uh, that's been needing. Um, so basically, um, I used uh, Manga uh, back in the day, um, maybe eh, a year, year and a half ago. And actually, it might have been still when it was still with uh, Frank uh, uh, before it was uh, indoctrinated into the league. But uh, anyways, um, I went to go ahead and use it again recently, and then deprecation everywhere. And I was like, whoa. So uh, basically, I started fixing some of the things that were deprecated, you know, um, 
the connected property for the the Mongo driver or for the Mongo connection class was deprecated and you know so it's throwing deprecation warnings everywhere. So I went ahead and patched those up and um, a few pull requests later, uh, Frank basically asked, like, hey, you want to watch it over this? And I was like, sure. So it was basically a lost puppy on the street. It looked it looked uh, pretty desperate. Uh, its ribs were showing, and I was I felt really bad. And my apartment building doesn't let pets, so um, I decided to adopt uh, Manga instead. And now here I am. Uh, but uh, basically, uh, so a lot of the other – yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so so the uh, a lot of the other uh, packages in the league um, are actually pretty good with documentation. And I use them pretty frequently uh, at work and in my free time. And uh, as far as like the GitHub pages, uh, this has been uh, pretty good and helpful. And you know, I corrected a few things across some of the other packages. But uh, what my kind of current plans are is um, getting some GitHub pages for uh, Manga. And um, also, there's been some batch classes that have been introduced uh, uh, for the uh, Mongo um, uh, PHP extension uh, as of uh, 1.5, I believe. And uh, um, basically, the plans are to get those on, uh, get Mongo updated and using those and kind of have a more bleeding edge release, hopefully. So. That sounds pretty handy. Um, if you got, are there many people helping you with with pull requests? Is it just you kind of doing all the work, or are there contributors as well? Um, so it, I mean, it's kind of been me, but it's been a lot of like low friction, easy stuff, right? Um, just like kind of, I mean, so there's a lot of coding standard stuff that I initially noticed, and I, I've been doing a lot of that in Cake as well. Um, I don't know. I think I have OCD or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there there hasn't really been any uh, pull requests coming in. But um, actually, Elizabeth Smith, um, I forget how to pronounce her online username, like Aura Rose. She actually just reported an issue earlier today about replica sets and um, and uh, failover um, in regards of uh, reattempting uh, a write. Uh, so there was that at least today, um, but there hasn't really any pull requests coming in. But hopefully, can I make a feature request. Yeah, can you have a shell that takes all of your data from MongoDB and puts it in a real database? <laughs> all right, I'm done trolling. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put Jose back on mute because he's uh, he's not a big old. <laughs> there we go. No more Jose. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> So, in response to Jose, hey man, uh, I'm I'm totally on board with you uh, with that. I mean, pretty much the core of any of my applications uh, are a SQL database, but uh, I tend to use uh, Mongo uh, for some other parts of things. What are you What are you using it for at the minute? Because if you if you chat to Jose or any of the SeatGeek boys, they'll say that there's like never any 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 at all reason to use Mongo, but uh, what do you what do you use it for? So I mean, it makes sense. Uh, Whenever you kind of use it in like a like a quote unquote data warehousing situation, where um, I don't know, maybe you're scraping um, scraping a website and you're and what you're getting back from the result is kind of unpredictable, right? You can't necessarily rely upon you know 
what the output of it of the pages. Um, so as far as that, um, I use that in that kind of context, and then kind of let the um, uh, transformer, so to speak, uh, take care of uh, any kind of um, logic involved uh, around things existing or not. Um, so I've kind of used it in that context um, in recent history. That sounds cool. Um, I there are two things that I said I, I wouldn't uh, really use a while ago, and uh, that was that was Mongo and Node. But I've just deployed a website using Ghost built on Node.js. So uh, now that I've kind of gone back on my word with Node, I guess I have to start. Uh, I have to start pissing around with Mongo next. I think I used it. I used it ages ago, and then I just thought I could do this in Postgres, so I gave up. But it's, it's something for another day. Yeah, I mean, I, I would never personally use it as the central piece of my application. Um, dealing with personally dealing with implicit schemas is always a pain in the ass and kind of weird, but um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Monga can be the uh, the way in. To, you know, you can make it so easy for people to work with MongoDB that they uh, they they actually want to use it. PHP still has this weird thing where everyone has to use MySQL for everything all the time, and it's it's a bit of a bit of a weird one that. No, let's just put it all in Redis. It's a good idea. Trust me. You won't lose any of your data ever. No, no. As long as you have infinite memory, it'll be fine. Which uh, Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Just keep, just, keep, just keep dragging that sliding scale up on Heroku, and then you have... You all... can download free memory from the internet, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> have you not done that? I do that for my servers all the time. <laughs> I need to get me... By the way, I do operations at work, so... <laughs> Is that on the same website that says you can uh, you can take a photograph using just your monitor, no camera required, just your monitor? Uh, seen that one? I have not. That's awesome. You go on there and you like stare at the screen for a really long time. You just stare at it and then you're staring, <laughs> waiting for it to happen, and then just like this massive fucking demonic face just jumps out. It says, "Of course you can, you fucking idiot." Uh, <laughs> a bit of a scary one. Professor level trolling. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty well done. Um, I've I've pretty much forgotten everything we're going to talk about. Um, usually I ask people to uh, do some sort of, to recommend some sort of service, but seeing as I never remember to actually remind anyone that they should be telling us about services, it's uh, it's a bit unfair. Um, oh, I have got one thing to, to tell you to tell you folks about TeamTreeHouse.com. Um, I did uh, I did a course for them and it's finally out. And what's really funny is uh, so TeamTreeHouse is is uh, kind of like Code Academy or anything like that, <clears throat> where you can you can learn how to code in different languages and stuff. Um, I did a course for them, and uh, it it was on on camera, and there was like a there was a, a auto prompt and proper. I was wearing makeup and shit, like everything. Um, very scary. So what's great is that if you want to go and learn about PHP standards and best practices, then you can watch my video teaching uh, my video series. Teaching you how to do that. Um, if you don't care about PHP standards and best practices, but you just want to see me looking like a, I'm, I'm freaking out on a camera, then you can do that too. Um, have you, either of you guys seen any of the photographs of me just looking terrified on a camera? Is that the one where you're just like sitting there all like prim and proper, and you've been like passing out around for like months? <laughs> so my my display picture is is me just me just chilling in front of a camera, and that was fine. Um, but there's a few where I'm just kind of stood there waiting for the camera to start, or like. Or just kind of like in between frames, where I'm just like, just like. <laughs> I saw Chris recently, and that was pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. So the the photographs going around of me are just me with my hands together, looking all, all proper, the camera looking really nervous. And then there's Chris just being like, "Yo, <laughs> boom, 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 what's up?" And I'm like, "Damn you, Chris! You've got to look awesome." <laughs> 
I think there's a few there's a few outtakes somewhere. I'll try and get the bloopers reeled off them uh, for me. But um, you know, I did a I did this course and it was pretty cool. It's basically me just reading out phptherightway.com for for an hour. Uh, but they pay you for that? Yeah, yeah. Do you have to? Be, how British do you have to be for that? So I can't <laughs> can't do a proper accent where I'm all fast talking and like that. But uh, if I talk like this, then everyone seems to really understand. The the really hard thing that they kept saying was that like I can't talk fast, can't use the can't use the accent. Uh, so I've got to slow it down and sound more a bit more neutral like this. But the problem is, if I start talking like this, then I don't have any character. And they're like, can you try and sound more exciting? I'm like, no. You either get fast talking Bristolian farmer prick, or you get like incredibly pop pro uh, posh and proper BBC news reporter. But there's no, I can't, I can't be energetic and sound posh as hell. It's really hard to do. <laughs> but uh, anyone that doesn't understand about English accents wouldn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you guys have both heard me after a few ciders. I go, uh, I get a little bit different. I've heard you before a few ciders. You're still a little different. <laughs> Yeah, excellent. But uh, yeah, so check out the teamtreehouse.com uh, library called Standards and Best Practices. There's a there's a coupon code that you can use when you register, which is all caps Phil Sturgeon fifty, and that will get you fifty percent off the first month. I think um, you don't have to just use my uh, use it for my you can use it for anything on Team Treehouse, and you get all of the all of the courses for the same price. So that's my little advert. I don't actually get anything from from that course now, I don't get any any revenues or profits or referrals or anything. It's uh, it's a one-off payment. But it's all about getting your face out there, your beautiful, beautiful face. I'm I'm sure your mother mother couldn't be prouder. Oh no, I mean they paid me to do it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I mean now. Right. I'm just saying at this point, like I'm not too worried about whether you sign up or not, but it might be helpful. Is is what I'm getting at. <laughs> to be fair, the tree, Team Treehouse things have been pretty good. Uh, the times that I've used them. Uh, for like picking up something really quickly, iOS and Android stuff, uh, yeah. pretty useful then. Uh, so I know that they put out good content. Yeah, um, they've got some great videos. Uh, there's there's um, Chris Hartjes is uh, is doing a bunch of stuff about testing. That's going to be coming up soon, and it looks you know pretty cool. Uh, they've got a bunch of other stuff on there. I've been learning about Ruby, funnily enough, because I'm starting this job, um, starting this job where I do a lot of uh, Ruby and Go, funnily enough, and I'm just kind of brushing up on my Ruby skills because. A lot of things have changed in uh, in Ruby 2 and, and Rails 4, and they've got content that covers all of that. So I'm just going through it and like teaching myself a bit of Ruby, teaching myself a bit of Rails. Like I'm doing it on and off, but you know, really brushing up. So I, I'd recommend that any anyone listening to this could could grab it, go and look at my course, go and look at some Rails, go and look at some fucking JavaScript or whatever. Um, but there's there's a lot of information on here that you can definitely you know make use of. Uh, and on that note. I reckon I've, uh, I've I've hauled things out enough uh, that we can probably call it a day, guys. What do you reckon? It's fine with me. Sweet. I'm going to be asleep one second after I hit stop broadcast. This is this is happening right now. Would you like me to drink another cider in your honor? The whole episode, I've just been getting lower and lower, and I'm just <laughs> kind of falling off this chair now. <laughs> um, it's been great to have you guys on the show. Uh, Jose, I will see you in two weeks. I'll be back in New York soon. All right. All right. Proper cider drink. Uh, proper cider drink. And uh, and Brian, I'll see you never. So thanks for looking after Munger. Uh, oh. That's it. You do all the hard work and you don't get any of the credit. Uh, yeah. So goodbye, guys. Thank you very much for <laughs> the show. Adios. <laughs>